All right, welcome back. So today's episode is about shared accountability. And this came to me probably as much from my actual experience as just thinking through, looking at the world around me and seeing what, what, what is going on. So let's talk about the nature of accountability that's shared. Okay, shared accountability. And, and that's a strange concept, but I think it's absolutely part of marriage. Many pastors in the therapeutic model miss the fact that it is one flesh. They, 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 they say it, but their behavior and their speech doesn't match. And we all know sort of like the secular world of accountability, and there's it's important, right? I do something, and I am responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for an outcome, so I'm responsible for all the activity to lead to that outcome. When it's shared, it's owning all of that to which degree you can together. So what I mean by you own all your stuff, that's not material things. Right? All that is meant to be shared. But, but a lot of marriages, they don't, they don't get that. It means you own your behavior, your thoughts, your feelings, and the outcomes that come from those, especially when those have gone awry. You, you own that. If you are angry and critical and criticizing, you own that. If you have an addiction, you own that. If you have a behavioral problem, you own that. So the scope of what is owned and what is acceptable, however, has gotten out of control. And it's very one-sided. Now, I don't want to genderize it. I think it's often one-sided, which is why people don't have it, or it's unseen for both people. So you make what you will how you want to do with that. But it really means it's owning together all of the stuff together, your stuff, and the other person's stuff to the degree you can do anything about it without controlling the other person. And a lot of this is the fact that a lot of people don't understand control. I've had some episodes on control. I'm going to come back to it. So it may include the difficult task of owning how your own actions may have contributed, not caused, but that does, the fact that it's not caused doesn't leave you off the hook of the fact that it contributed to the other person's actions. And the other person owns, even if there is massive contribution by the other person to their own actions. So if my wife in her behavior gives wrong advice, it comes from her experience, she doesn't want to hear an opposing thing, um, is upset and has shut down the conversation, and left with no options, I end up following it. She contributed, but my other option, even though it was very hard to do, was to ignore her advice. I could still do that. And it means I need to own how to do that in the future. Or to come up and say, look, the way you're presenting this is not conducive to me making a good decision. Do you want to change it? Or do you want me to ignore what you've said? Do you, do you care about the outcome? And those are very, very hard conversations to have. I wish I'd done more of that. So that's the part that I own. But there are a lot of pastors who say, well, it's all you, man. It's all you. Yeah, she gave you the wrong advice. She is a lawyer in the field and said, it's fine, do X, Y, Z. It's, um, it's actually said, go for it. It's fine what you did. Gave in multiple occasions, you have to have this conversation. You're supposed to have this. The fact that you're not you know, reacting to it, that's bad on you. You, you suck. 
all of those things are contributions. And as hard as it may be, and as overwhelming, I am realizing in the end when taking action, got to say, okay, I've owned it. If I don't like the way the information is being done, I've got to set things in the f- moving forward. So accountability is, okay, now I'm going to preset. When I'm hearing someone yelling and criticizing me, and I'm going to act on that, I'm now going to stop. I'm now going to surround myself with other people who I am going to seek for guidance instead of me perhaps going to this person. Um, I'm going to pray and fast if it's a difficult decision. Like there are a number of things that I can do moving forward, but the other person has to own their contribution. Now, what do I feel threatens shared accountability that's essential in a marriage, right? I believe um, one writer, she put it incredibly well was, if a wife disagrees, she will have to own the outcome of what the man does, even if he's going against her, as if she made the decision herself. I mean, I thought it was beautifully put, incredibly tough to do, but boy, if you look at it and say, well, what is best for the marriage? What is best for the discipline between them? What's best for the the, the nature of the marriage and the relationship? That's a That's an outstanding way to do it. But most people will cringe at that idea. And it goes back to the therapeutic model, which I've seen in churches, have been sort of like subjected to. And so if you're listening to this, make sure you look at those episodes that talk about how traditional modern therapy, even when exercise in the church has infiltrated and displaced a scriptural-based way of restoring marriages. And they actually make them worse. There is an increasing number of voices, and I feel like, you know, we we got to find a way to get together and amplify those. Now, that is one thing that threatens it because the therapeutic model says it's about your feelings; it is not about the marriage. In fact, why don't you guys have separate sessions, separate from each other? But but it'll continue even even further, and I'll, and I'll show you is that if you look at how accountability is distributed in society within families and most cultures, it's not evenly distributed often, right? It, it, it isn't a case where, um, and here again, it often gets genderized in terms of, okay, who needs to fix this? Who's at fault? Who needs to take care of it? Sometimes it's the scope so the scope of the accountability, so both are kind of like held to task by, by parents, but it's the scope and the nature of it, and that ends up leading to control because there's this forceful nature of accountability, but it's a scope that they don't know. So I'm going to use an example. So a wife, for an example, will often have and be raised in a scope of responsibility of ensuring the kids are healthy. They're not dead. They're surviving. The house is organized. Like, n number of things. Like, it can be different in different contexts. But my point is they'll be different because the wife can then often criticize the man for not meeting those standards in those areas of accountability. Hey, the bathroom is not as clean. Oh, the kids, the lunch isn't packed as neatly as it should be. Um, They didn't have extra clothes. Like, just hammer and hammer and hammer. Now, the man's accountability is often wrestling with the world of face, the challenges of work. Not to say that women don't work. I mean, they do. And I would say that that muddies it. But th- these areas, it means they, they have a right to say something that they can't understand. 
um, what the man's perspective is. So, and, and the way they encounter work is actually very different. It's very different. They, they, they can both do it. They're both capable. So it's not that area. Um, but they own the underlying, even if it doesn't seem that. They, they know they face a challenge of work and acceptance and progress and status. And many of these things are represented in the Bible. And a woman supports them. And we'll have another session on that. I'm just going on. Fin- financial stability, spiritual leadership. And these are unseen. Like a lot of these things are just unseen. Spiritual leadership is an unseen activity. Right? It could be prayer. But I bet you, if there's prayer and teaching, worship, it, it, it's likely unseen for those whose scope of accountability is, well, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, do, do they have their sandwiches? Do they have socks? Is the house clean? Those would be unseen. Okay, do we have long-term financial stability? Well, what are we going to do in five or ten years? And how's this cash flow? And a man often will be, geez, how do I handle all this? Where does the extra cash flow go? How do we increase this? And those are often unseen. They're not put forward unless you have a good set of marriage habits, which I talk about this. And then just the nature and the expectation of work. Both work. I get that. Work is hard. I think there are some real challenges that men are going to be facing in the workplace around acceptance, promotion. They're facing some of the same things. But they're going to be criticized for the lack of achieving these, these internal scopes, these un, the lack of fruit in the unseen scope. Because they'll look, and a man might be thinking long-term and hustling, but if they're not making amount of money, it'll probably come in a language like this. But other people make more. But other people can buy this. And that is just painful. But most people don't see that. Most women will not see that as being painful because outside of their scope and they don't have accountability for that. And and then the last one will be with all this criticism and shame, they're also criticized for not giving a westernized and I would argue a corrupted sense of love to the women. So a lot of this respect and love, they, they, they're they willing to go to the scriptures for saying, well, you know, respect them and you got to love them. But then they don't really dig deep into, well, what does that love mean? So, when the man's scope is, in this example, protect and provide, lead into an unknown world, and that scope does not need to be taken on by the wife because it's not in her scope. She may not even be thinking about that. And I know some do. And the, there are generalizations. And maybe in your case, you flip it. You, the woman, are the protector and provider and leading into the unknown. And the man is just, you know, wants to take care of the, the, the children and you know, that's fine. Um, you know, I'm not here to criticize that. I'm just saying the key idea is some scope is different. And some people take that scope, they look at their scope and look at the other person. So, well, that person's not doing this stuff the way I would do it. Therefore, that person is a failure and needs to be corrected. And it can go, it could possibly go both ways. Uh, different genders do that. And so the accountability turns to criticism and control very quickly, right? Remember, because it's not shared. It's not, he's got that. I have to own some of that. How do we get there? It's not fully understood. And it's not unseen. So what are some examples in where the church or therapist, you know, fail to see that? So let's say it's in a session. The wife breaks down emotionally. She raised her voice. She gets angry, insulting. 
The therapist or the pastor then turns to the man and asks, what do you think? Right? In that, immediately the accountability is, man, this thing, husband, this thing is not right. You own it. You own her acting this way. And it might not have anything to do directly with him. She's made it that way. But no pastor, no therapist will ever want to say, but what, what, what's going on? He'll may ask, well, what's behind it? And then he'll list, she'll list all the stuff he hasn't done. And then he'll say, well, what do you think of that? Because inside, he wants the man to just take it off his hands. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to say, well, how is your behavior right now possibly contributing to this? Or I see that there's a lot of emotional energy. You sound angry. You've said a couple of insults. How is this a pattern? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't in your relationship. There's almost never, there's, a, there's actually a disincentive in the corrupted pastoral model in the modern therapy era to do that because heightened emotions are the truth. So whoever has the most heightened emotions often, unless there's violence, in which case then it's entirely wrong and that will usually be the, the man because it'll have some violent tone and true violence definitely is a problem, but... A, a, a deep voice, a red face, it's, it's scary, okay? And I'm not dismissing that, but I'm, I'm just pointing out that heightened emotions are often alone seen as that's the truth. Then let's talk about the other t- type of lack of accountability. The wife will criticize and anger and say, well, I'm not getting caring and nurturing and gifts and affections and all the tasks that I have just, just aren't done in the way I want them, but doesn't own that well, there's been a mound of criticism and it's led to withdrawal. Now, now you're not going to get caring and nurturing and cannot see the lack of respect in even very basic communication. So that's an, an accountability. It's like, well, what, what's my part in that? It's just I've not gotten what I have and there's no cycle of contribution. Now, you could say, well, the man doesn't get it because he withdrew. And so, yeah, okay. If you want to, you could go down who did who did who did which first, um, and I'll have a separate session to talk a little bit about that and why I think that just well let's just leave it up to whoever's the most mature, which is a reasonable expectation, has some problems, or the wife only sees the man getting defensive but doesn't own because the way that she brings up hey can you do this is in attack mode. Why haven't you done this thing? Hey, you did it again. It's wrong. It's shaming mode. It's blaming mode. And so one's reaction, no matter what the content will be, well, wait a minute, I don't know. Well, I, I wasn't aware of that. Versus seeking help or desiring support mode or just a genuine, hey, I, I, I really could have needed this and I noticed that you didn't do this. Um, what's going on? Th- th- those are completely possible, but it often doesn't happen. And the church supports it, and the therapeutic model does nothing to it. But it's surprising that the church and the pastors can't seem to grasp this. Let's take a look. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burden. Bear one another's burden. So fulfill the law of Christ. So whatever those burdens are, when they're known and seen, even even the maybe up to the crappiest dad, it, it, 
or, or husband, if he knows, hey, can you help me with this? My computer doesn't work. You know, the, this, the printer's not great. The, the sink isn't, an, I, I need some help. Do you think you could get to it? If he's not in the middle of putting out fires, he'll probably get that. If she comes and says, hey, man, this is heavy, but I guarantee you, most women will say, why should I ask? Well, you should just know. Yeah, I'm downstairs. Came into the garage and he's upstairs, but he should just know. He should be out there. Pause. Accountability says, what is a reasonable expectation so you own the outcome? Then Matthew 7, 3, 5. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take a speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, take the log first out of your own eye. So in this case, it's about hypocrisy. If I am going to someone saying to the wife, you're angry, you're insulting, and I'm angry and insulting, then that's a problem. Okay. But it's also a matter of order of operations. Being angry, shaming, insulting, and the person didn't say, wipe the table the way you do. And you say, well, because that person didn't wipe the table as I did, I have a right to be angry, insulting. There's an order of operations that's missing. Right? There's certain things that we know we should not do. That There is no known sin of not doing things the way we want them unless we want control. Then everything becomes a sin that doesn't meet our control. But we do know that speaking out in anger, sinning, insulting, using our words uh, incorrectly, the tongue in inappropriate ways, that those are known universal sins. Therefore, confess your sin to one another and pray for another that you may be healed, James 5.16. So, so there is a posture of, well, I, I got to figure out what my thing is. And it is not a sin to have not understood someone's request or to have done it wrong. It is a sin to yell and scream um, hold a resentment against someone, judge them and presume that they had ill intent because they, they fill in a task incorrectly. And, and the nature of that is we own it all together. A decision was made, maybe wasn't included, maybe there was something. It's rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. It is not that's you, you own it all, I'm angry at you. It is all yours. That doesn't work, right? The contributor to an environment, that's called shared accountability. Yeah, the person who actually took the action, even at the end of the day, they'll still have to own some of that. They own their action. But the church and the therapeutic model has sort of said, oh, it's all that decision. Decisions these days are very complex, and we'll get to this later. If there's an overlap with a domain expertise and the woman's working, let's say the woman's a doctor or a lawyer, comes and says, hey, I have this thing, and happens to overlap with your domain, and you say, and you give something that was inaccurate, you didn't pay attention, um, you dismissed it, and acted upon that, you, you've got to own that. But shared accountability these days says, no. Nope. The lack of that shared accountability just says, nope. And I don't want to genderize this. I don't think it has to be. 
I think we should look at it in your own context of, of what is, who's willing to have, I've got shared accountability for the outcome of this. If you are single or early in the stages, a great sign is a woman or let's flip it. it, it does, it's non-genderized. If the other person's willing to say, hey, this thing ended up being not great and boy, do I see my contribution of this. I think I need a change, right? That, that, that wasn't a good outcome. I, I'm going to take some steps to do that. That's a plus. Man comes back and says, wow, you know, something, something happened and we had a fallout or something didn't turn out great. And says, wow, you know, I, that wasn't great. You know, I, I, I'm going to own that. But remember, you have to give space. If, if it, your history is he owns it and then you drill in on it, male or female, it's, it's not going to happen again. Right? That, that is asking too much. On the other hand, the person who mostly criticizes when things aren't done in their fashion or criticize about something that wasn't done, that wasn't communicated, that is a clear red flag because that's about control. Tone of voice is under somebody's self-control. And it comes out, and that is where shared accountability shines. All right, I think there's a lot that's meaty here, but please post questions on here. Happy to elaborate and discuss more. This is a big one. All right, until next time, take care. All the verses are in the comments and show notes.